Wanya and welcome to the Deadly Discussions podcast. I'm your host, Isaac Harrison. This is season two of the podcast, and we're so excited to bring you 30 new guests over 30 fresh episodes. Now, these episodes wouldn't be possible unless, of course, we had sponsors. And one of those sponsors is Talcha Technology. Talcha Technology is an indigenous business specializing in IT design, website integration, and app development, among other things. The name Talcha comes from the founder, Alan Holmes' great-great-grandmother, Maria Talcha, a bachelor woman also known as Queen Maria of Childers. She was a key figure in the community post-colonization and was one who always brought the gold out of people around her, both black and white. Alan aims to have his business create a legacy of bringing the gold out of everyone around him, both black and white. So it was no um, problem having Alan sponsor this because the ethics and values perfectly align. So thank you, Alan, and thank you, Townsha, and all the guys and girls for all the hard work and the sponsorship towards the podcast. Now sit back and enjoy this episode and make sure you like it, share it, subscribe to the channel, and uh, most of all, enjoy. Welcome to Daily Discussions. I'm your host, Isaac Harrison. This is a podcast on social entrepreneurship, uh, where we cover all different uh, leaders using profit uh, for purpose. And one of those awesome leaders today is Kayla Cartledge. Uh, hopefully I said that right. Um, I'm sure I've mixed it up a few times. Um, she is the founder of Our Song Lines um, and Our Dilly Bag, which are both very unique uh, subscription, well, one of them is subscription-based uh, service, uh, sharing culture in a new way, I think in a sort of a, a millennial way. Um, and we'll get Kayla on to explain more of that. And um, so welcome to the show, Kayla. Thank you, Isaac. Um, yeah, so I'm Kayla. I founded our songlines and our dilly bag, but um, I am a Gurindji woman. So my mob are up north in Northern Territory. Uh, I was born in Darwin, uh, where all of my black cousins are. <laughs> so um, we've got a big mob up there. Um, but I came to Victoria when I was yep. about eight, uh, where, yep. um, yeah, I found the Mornington Peninsula. I got to live on this beautiful Bunurong Bunurong land. So I've been very fortunate there. Yeah, fantastic. I think it is a... It's definitely still the sea change, but the difference is you won't get in by crocodile swimming at Rye uh, down at the morning. Exactly. That's it. <laughs> and so uh, in Darwin, uh, you said uh, Garangi, um, I know mm -hmm. Darwin sits on Larrakia country. Is that yes. right? Yeah. And so yes. uh, yeah. would you find Darwin having such a mix uh, batch of like mob coming in to, to work at Darwin or to study at Darwin? Is that sort of the case up there? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really see that much that side of things that much. Um, my parents like met. My dad was originally from yeah. Victoria and and went to Darwin to yes. um, work um, out out there and go out on country and things up in up north, and that's how they met. So um, yeah, but I know lots of people go there to to work and stuff, but I haven't worked there myself. Yeah, well, not yet anyway, maybe one day. Yeah. Do you like the heat or the, the cold of Victoria? The heat, the heat. I really yeah, struggle still. Yeah, yeah. There you go. You might have that uh, calling eventually. Do you do have some hot days, though, 
um, down, I think, in Melbourne, um, probably like three or four times, and then that's it. Yeah. Move on. <laughs> three times so, a year. And <laughs> that's it. Yeah, so, um, coming yeah, up I'm, with. I'm... <laughs> you go. <laughs> I was just saying it's summer and I'm like in my trackies and a big jumper. So. Yeah, well, um, I'm, it's uh, moving back to country, obviously, in Cubby Cubby country. It's raining outside, but it's so hot and sweaty inside. So mm. usually after living in Victoria for so long, it's like, oh, it's raining, it's nice and cool. You know, maybe you could put a fire on, you know, gather around. Mm. But here it's like, no, no one touch me. I'm sweaty, got all the fans on, I'm drinking <laughs> yeah. iced water. Um, but it's it's awesome just to be back and, and be recharged. And so coming, uh, you know, growing up in Melbourne, off country, but still around you know, a lot of culture. Um, did you, you know, go into uni? What was your, your path into entrepreneurship? Was it, you know, traditional go study business? Um, and then because you had a passion for that that you identified early on, or you sort of just ended up there? Yeah, I think I sort of just ended up there. I did go to uni um, and I did study commerce um, where I looked into entrepreneurship, but it wasn't really something that uh, took my fancy, I guess, being um, spotlighted and, uh, you know, in that kind of innovative space is not usually my my comfort zone, um, but it was really more the need that I saw and Growing up on the Mornington Peninsula, there, there isn't much culture around and, um, well, there wasn't when I was growing up and it was really hard to connect in, which is where I decided to try and make it easier for young ones and allies to, to learn more about culture in a safe kind of way, which is why yeah. I founded our songlines. So it was more yeah. a need-based thing. Yeah, and the history of, like, you know, the peninsula uh, down Mornington is you know, you had a lot of the uh, Bunurong and Bunurong people were taken to Tasmania um, by mm. passing by, you know, sealers and American sealers. And so there was a massive dispersion. Um, you know, and then I know with the, the Gunai, which are their neighbours, you know, very um, were very uh, fighting sort of people as well that put up a good resistance. But with the Bunurong people, they got really moved on in such a hard way. So many are still coming home till this day. Um, and working out their family connections to Flinders Island and Tasmania. So it's such a um, a spot that has been, you know, removed the black faces a very long time and now everyone's sort of mm-hmm. coming back and finding those old caves and artworks and paintings and um, those hidden artefacts that have always said, you know, once was and always will be. Yeah, and exactly like you're saying, there's just a huge disconnect and um, it's about trying to find that again, that safe space and create that sense of culture again um, and bring bring people along with it. And, yeah, I'm lucky enough as an adult to be able to see that stuff now. But, yeah, as a young young person, it was really difficult. Yeah, fantastic. And I think, I think it's always heading in the right direction. I know that you organised uh, the Survival Day uh, down yeah. at Rye. Yep. And uh, how, did that, how did that go and what was the turnout before? Yeah, so it was down at the Briars in Mount Martha. Um, But, yeah, it was, so it's bushland area. It's the most beautiful place uh, to to have it. But we had a welcome and a smoking ceremony um, by Uncle Shane and it was the first he'd ever done on January 26th. So we were very honoured to have him to welcome people onto the land on that day. and we had, it was sold out. We had to increase the numbers, which 
sold yep. out again. So sold out twice. <laughs> um, we had we just had um, Indigenous people and allies come to join in yep. on cultural activities. So it was really about remembering culture, um, showing that it's not going away, it's still here. And no matter what, you know, they decide to make the Australia Day, um, we will we'll still be there fighting. We yep. um, had the Aboriginal flag turned upside down to show yep. that we're we're still fighting. We're still here, and there's a long way to go, uh, yeah. which we which we thought was really impactful on the day. Yeah, I think that's so important. I know with uh, uh, you know interviewing Darren, uh, the episode before he was saying um, about Captain Lieutenant Cook, I should say, had yeah. secret orders to uh, you know set up a treaty or some sort of agreement to acquire a portion of land. Uh, which he just disobeyed and claimed the whole thing. But um, it was very clear through history now that they knew this was always here. They knew who was on here and were quite intentional about what they wanted with that land and um, that they made their moves and that's where we are today and we're making our moves and bringing that discussion back to treaty and um, that equality, um, you know, where we've missed out on all the equity through the generations that was um, withheld from us. And we're told to you know adapt to a new system that we knew nothing about. So I think yeah, creating that awareness is so important because I know in the you know coming strictly from a commercial space uh, through Bunjil and, and other clients that I work with is um, you're doing indigenous business, but people are saying like, why is this an indigenous business or why is this like an indigenous organisation or indigenous sport team? Like, what's the you're causing division? But it's trying to educate first why we're trying to put together the fragments and recreate and then also protect culture. And I think we look at our communities like Jewish or Cambodian communities that have come over. They're still a part of Australia, you know, this continent, but they're still practicing their culture, you know. They're still practicing religious culture, what they eat, what they talk, their language, and no one says boo. But as soon as the black fellas start doing it, it's like, oh, hang on a second, you know, because there's this mm-hmm. internal trigger and internal conversation that's never been had that, you know, that's, I love last year's statement, which was once was always will be. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, to a Gargan, you know, down the road, you know, and I go to training and he stands up there on the side of the mountain, it's a face and it's a, it's an Aboriginal man's face, you know, the, the forward eyebrows and the, the nose and the cheeks. And it's not anyone's face. It's a, black fellow's face and I always think like it's a reason you know, it's phenomenal I think when we read that conversation it does trigger some areas in people's lives where they've just sort of just closed up and swept it under the rug and we're not here to yeah. shame anyone you know we're just mm-hmm. here to say these are the reasons why we do these things yeah we're uh, not looking you well. for your apology yeah we're yeah. not looking for your apology we're looking for you to step up now and listen and learn from it I yeah. think that's you know, that's the really important message there. It's not about blaming, you know, current people. It's about getting them yeah. on board to to move with us. But I think yeah. you made a really good point there. You know, we have missed out on that equity in our Indigenous business, in our family circles, just our community. And people have this idea that you know, they've voted yes for us to have a say in in the referendum and they think, okay, now we're equal. And, you know, it's just not the case. It's I always have to kind of explain to people that 
you know, someone's been building wealth for, you know, let's just say they've got $100,000 and then you say, okay, but now everyone's equal. They've still got that $100,000 and these people still have nothing. It's, you know, they can buy the land. Yes, we can officially buy it, but we don't have the wealth that's come with it. It's like if you had, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's trying to explain that um, equality isn't equality. To fully get equality, you would need to give a step up in order to, you know, bridge that gap. And that's what people can't comprehend. They think, oh, we're getting handouts, we're getting, you know, this, this and that. But it's also not what we need. They haven't asked us what we need yeah, We've so been... like, well you need this yeah, you need native title you need this land that you can't even develop it's like no we don't actually need that so and i think you know after world war one you had you know uh, the treaty of versailles and, and reformations were paid um and that was what hitler rose against because he didn't want to pay any more treaties so and it's like here that the injustice has been done so now we need to bring back and restore what was taken uh, together in a collaborative effort and we simply ask people to be um, you know, accommodating. And Darren made a really good point in the last one about um, you see that the, the vaccines, the you know how easily they can get a vaccine out to people with no liability and rush through, but yet getting an Aboriginal business on a contract for you know a highway upgrade is like this impossible task. So it's just like okay, we can see what priorities there are. And where we're sitting on that sort of the pecking order. So, and I, I love our old mm-hmm. activists. They would just write to the king. They would just write to King George. You know, they wouldn't bother with the prime minister because he's just a, a servant of the Commonwealth, which is still, to, you know, under the, the monarch. So they'd go straight mm-hmm. to the top. So I love that old um, way of uh, thought where we're sovereign. So we need to talk to someone who's sovereign, not someone who's a, a corporation. Um, and I think going into what you do now with, um, Sunlines and Dilly Bag. You want to explain a bit about that, but essentially it's you're, you're spreading, you know, sharing culture uh, in a really cool, I can't, I can't do it justice, so you need to explain. <laughs> yeah, so just just like you were saying, we, we like our old people, you know, um, Vincent Lignari is a, is a uh, who is he? He's a political person from my mob, so he um started the Wave Hill Walk-Off, which created um, a change with uh, native title. But he he used, he harnessed allies. He went yeah. around Australia harnessing allies to make the change, which actually led to Gulf Whitlam giving him his land back, you know, yeah. our land back. And I'm using that, so I'm not doing anything new. I'm using these same methods that he used not accepting, um, you know, just get over it, just move on, you know, we'll give you a little bit of money here. It's we're going to harness these people to make big change and that's that's what we're about. We're helping to educate people in what seems like a conversation. It's anyone who... Um, you know, kind of trolls my account and I get, you know, the same people kind of coming back. <laughs> I, I've managed to turn them around every time. Yeah. I just have yeah. the conversation with them. You know, I'm not going to yeah. satisfy with you. Let's just, let's chat about yeah. it. And they they get it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's that's all. It's that simple. It's 
Yeah, and I've, I've had something similar where someone uh, wrote like an email to me, so I had a reply and it ended up being like a thesis. And um, <laughs> it, at the end, he was like, I appreciate your perspective. It's helping me understand because he was confused. He said, well, my family are Dutch migrants and they left everything, came here, forgo their heritage and became Australian. And I see your people and that they choose not to adapt into Australian culture. And so I was like, well, you know, I brought it back to the point of saying, we're not another ethnic group. We're not some group that's just going to, the, the, it boils down to the fact that we're saying, hang on, I believe I can do a better job of managing this parcel of country, which my ancestors have. And I think we're all at different levels as Aboriginal people with confidence and ability, um, you know, networks and net worth. And so it's getting to that stage where we're getting more capable. And Darren also made a brilliant point where he, took over one entity and, and the old white fellow who was there was just like, wasn't ready to hand it over. So it's like the day is yeah. coming when we're saying, all right, brother, it's time to let us have it back now. We'll, we'll, we'll look after it, we'll make sure the waters are clean, the land is healthy, people are getting you know opportunity to work and to better themselves. And that's the conversation. I think that's the underlying threat that people, the perceived threat that people have. But it's like, no, this is the story of reconciliation. This is the true story of where it's heading. And as we get closer and closer to that day, yeah, it's amazing how many people will be ready to see more black faces in cabinet or see more black faces out, you know, running the local corner store and stuff like that. It's just, yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to be an amazing time. And so your business pretty much leads with uh, educating that, uh, educating the people um, and explain yeah. uh, just how you get it to market. It's just so cool. Yeah, so it's it's mainly social socials. Um, so we are very active on Instagram and Facebook and um, start those conversations. Um, we also go out to schools and see how we can mentor young young ones, how we can yeah. connect them to culture. So really creating that safe space around them. And the, when I say we, I'm talking about you know, headspace, Vic Police, like we've got really powerful allies in each of these areas who are wanting to give their time to do this. Um, And then we are also building an Indigenous map. So our our map looks like a Google Maps. It's over that platform and except it highlights Indigenous places of significant and Indigenous cultural businesses. Um, So people can just go down to a cafe and go to an Indigenous cafe. Yeah, um, they so can go for a walk that, and, I'm and sure see. it'll be yeah. landmarks that, we know, that are culturally that we're ready to share because I know, uh, yes. from, you know, Grampians and that and Jabarong uh, and our own family, we have heaps of artefacts, artwork, paintings, a thousand years old, which we've never shared and, and we never will share. So it's mm-hmm. sort of like there's so much more for us to want to share, but we're more ready, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely doing a safe space, not just for allies, but for Indigenous people. I've had conversations with um, mobs who have said, you know, people are knowing about these areas, but we don't want you to promote them. And that's exactly, you know, completely respectful of that. That's how they need to to control it and protect it. And unfortunately, there's not the protection in place that we need for yeah. these really sensitive cultural areas. So it, it remains a mystery until until government can can support it. That's it. Yeah, and we get the guarantee, uh, the protection that we're not going to have buses of tourists 
you know, coming out and walk all, all over those things. So, um, yeah. you know, how did you end up starting your business? When you talk, it's sort of like you've got these projects, which, you know, your entity sort of looks after, um, and then you, you monetize those projects to cover, you know, uh, your guys, your wages and some of the, you know, marketing efforts and that sort of thing. Is that sort of how it works? And then one of them is yeah. technical. Yeah, so really with our song lines, we're, everyone volunteers their time. It's a really, um, there's, for our survival day, you know, that mainly came out of my savings. Like it wasn't, yeah, um, wow. uh, yeah it wasn't stuff really created. But with our, our dilly bag, we, um, that's a for-profit. So we're able to um, connect people to culture in in the aspect of we create newsletters and connect them to Indigenous businesses that are around. So um, you'll get Indigenous products um, with a monthly subscription. So um, that's much more tangible um, money-wise. But, yeah, I guess, you know, it comes from our sunglasses comes from my passion, our daily bag comes from my passion, and um, I I believe in them both equally, even though one of them only makes me money. (laughs) No, I think that's, no, that's, what you're doing is is a perfect example of, um, you know, professional branding and marketing 101. Um, where your return um, for songlines is through Dillybag, you know, the awareness and the passion is uh, poured into that and that promotes the other side because people see you out community, people see in the market as a genuine force and there's that trust factor, you know, for people to go, oh, yeah. subscribe, will I, you know, is it one of those things where I can never unsubscribe, you know. Um, yeah. so I think what you're doing is really clever and I think it's important for listeners too who, starting something or a business or side hustle is that sometimes it's um you've just got to write down the expenses of marketing thing you know as a communications thing as a as a networking yes. thing you know yes it no one wants to spend their night at an awards dinner you know it's six o'clock way at night but that's just the way it is so we have to do it so anyway the future for dilly bags and song lines you know what does that look like next five years and yourself as well you know, are you going to be full-time or you'll be doing other projects? Yeah, I always um, am doing other things on the side. <laughs> I have yeah. a lot of different hobbies and a bit of a, a workaholic in that way. Um, but I would really like to see the map art being used as the as people's go-to um, yeah. map getting around Australia. So, yeah. ha- like, seeing the Indigenous stuff first and then you know, using other other means as a different way um, yeah. as afterwards. So, yeah. yeah, really getting people on board to experience culture as, as best they can with whatever time or resources they have. Um, yeah. So that would be the, the first thing for our dilly bag. It's already going, It's we launched it in January and it's already going huge. Yeah. So I, I just have, like, huge expectations for it. It's so just great. the amount of traction we're getting is incredible. Yeah. And I think it's one of those really cool models where you can scale up and keep your, you know, hours and, and the, that capacity quite uh, low still um, and you can reach more yeah. people. Um, you can really leverage that, I think, where, yeah, song lines, it's one of those things where you've got to be involved all the time and making sure everything's going well and everyone's happy. Um, so, you know, for you on the cards, the next, you know, five years building that up, you think you'd ever move country or would you take on any other roles or maybe in government, you know, politics? What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, uh, probably 
stay away from politics for a while. <laughs> um, uh, I did think about going for local local council and then I don't know if we're, we're there yet. I don't know if I'm there yet, yeah. really. I yeah, that's I, it. It's I like doing up my resilience. Yeah, the resilience yeah. too. I think a lot of us are like sucked um, towards the vortex of politics because it is in a form governing and stewarding country. So it's like mm-hmm. eventually get sucked towards doing something in politics. So I don't know what it looks like, you know. Yeah, exactly right. And, you know, I'm really big in the activism space and I really want to make great change. So, look, I'll probably have to end up there. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Now, that's awesome. Thanks so much, Kayla. Um, I, I love your stuff. And I'll tag, make sure I'll tag your businesses down below so people could follow um, and stay Thank up to date you. with what you're doing. And it's, um, yeah, I look forward to seeing the next couple of years uh, where both businesses take you and yourself professionally as well. Thank you so much, Isaac. Lovely talking to you again. <laughs> All right, thanks, Kayla.